In 2012, I started a network marketing business that I worked on in the evening and morning. And I had no life outside of my overall work. My life was work. My work was life. I hid behind the fact that I loved what I did. You are listening to the Ideas in Motion podcast, and I'm your host, Karen Wilson. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about your work from home survival guide. There's an expectation of freedom that working from home has, but what's it really like? And how can you actually put a fortress around your focus to get top-notch work done and feel present on your off time? Well, we're going to pull back the layers and we're going to separate the work from home expectations versus reality. I think when I got into working from home, I thought that there would be this like freedom, you know, this freedom of schedule, of everything kind of falling into place, of this nice state of flow. You know, when I had my day job outside of home, I felt like I was not spending enough time at home. And I wanted to have the flexibility of being there for my family members when they needed scheduling, you know, not missing out on the on the birthday parties, the the hockey tournaments and all of that because I had to work, working holidays and evenings. And I just I wanted to have more choice. But things are different on both sides, you know? When I held my day job, I had to be super focused in the time I was building my new business because I was short on time. And predictably, my business grew, but so did my kids. And by the time my little side business gave me the freedom for my day job, my kids were packing up and moving out. They were the reason I wanted more freedom of schedule. So I lost touch with why I wanted time freedom. And at the same time, I suddenly had so much time on my hands, an abundance of time. So I gradually did what I knew what to do. I gradually began to fill my days with being as busy as I could handle. What was missing was the earning part. I signed up for course after course to learn marketing strategy after marketing strategy. I wanted predictable income, and I didn't feel like I had that in network marketing. I spent hours and hours trying to find the secrets to success. I wished I could just sit at my computer and do some work, earn some pay, without sliding into DMs, you know, instant message and message all your friends with an unauthentic hey girl message, like what you've been doing the last 30 years. I felt like I always had an ulterior motive. I did, and it was awful, and I felt guilty. I hated it. I wondered how people actually do it and make a living and avoid burnout. Is that actually possible? And, you know, just to reflect on Most of the time management gurus I've studied under have suffered burnout on their way to the top of their industry. So is it actually possible to have both? 
Do you have to work until your eyeballs bleed, as Gary Vaynerchuk was once quoted? Or is it about what you're doing with your time now? You know, it turns out all the things I learned in the courses I took trying to avoid the network marketing model, it became incredibly useful. And so it was. I began freelancing in the virtual assistant space. I've learned a ton. The most valuable thing I have learned is how I manage my energy. And the difference between working from home when you're paid for productivity and output and working in a place where you are paid to be there for eight hours a day. Last year, I was asked to sit in on a QA question, a session, a QA, you know, <laughs> question and answer session with some highly skilled, professional, curious. Um, they were curious about pivoting into the virtual space from working in an office. And since I've been on the roller coaster of adjustments for years, I had to share with them all of the stuff that I learned. And those are the same things that I'm going to learn. I'm going to share with you today. Let's dive into all my work from home strategies to put a for- fortress, fortress, like a fence around your focus so that you can earn more while keeping wellness in your work plan. So we're going to touch a little bit here first on the expectations versus reality, working remotely and physically being at work. There is a huge difference. Productivity windows and self-organization was top priority when I worked outside of the home. I was a beauty advisor and it was kind of like a survival, right? I'd get up early. I had a block of time for me to get my workout in. I'd get ready for the morning, run my dog. Then I had my block of time that I'd be at work. I was unreachable, you know, and except for the people that were coming into my work to see me. And then I'd have my block of time for dinner and family. And then I'd sit at my computer building my side business. While I was at work, Our number one priority for the day was the person that just walked in the door. I didn't have to worry about anything else. Put the task down and serve. Many days, the to-do list didn't get completed, but that was okay. You see, sales were up and you got paid anyway if the sales were down. Clock in, clock out, paid for all the time you were there. Structure was a survival tactic. Okay? I had less time to do what I wanted to do in my off time. So I was very focused of exactly what I needed to do to move the needle. Now, working from home on a contract-to-contract basis, there is no clock in, clock out. There's no guaranteed pay structure. Output is what's recognized as work. Production. And some lines of work, okay, there are communications, project management. It might be your job to talk to people all day, and that has to be scheduled. But I guarantee walking away from those meetings, doesn't it add to your to-do list? Okay, let's talk about the reality of working at home. I know for me, working from home comes with the challenge of disciplining myself and other people in my life. So just because I'm at home, it doesn't mean I can take an hour-long break for a phone call with mom at 10 on the same day I have a lunch date and an afternoon dentist appointment. Oh, and the social media selfie I posted in the morning after my workout led to a 35-minute scroll to see what's up with my friends. Oh, and is that today that I have to take the car in for an oil change? 
Well, there goes Monday. Guess I'll work a couple hours and make up for it somewhere else. But where else is that going to go? You can't operate that way for long before feeling defeated and really making no money. Because that generates a habit. Okay, so then there's a flip side, right? You could be hyper-focused on working in a bubble. You can close your office door, get labeled by your family as unapproachable and nicer to your clients than your family. Don't you dare interrupt during business hours. I'll peel myself out of my chair when I'm good and ready, fully burnt out with mush brain. I promise you there is a middle ground. But the only way to get there is to create your own structure because reality is if you try to go with the freedom and flow working from home gives, all self-discipline can get sloppy and quality of work can suffer, yet you'll still feel like you are busy all the time. So it's time to work on your plan so that you can do the things that you want to seem, you, you, that you want, that seem let me get that word right, to get squeezed out of your life. Like chocolate that's squeezed out of a s'more when you smush too much in. Okay, so now we're going to workshop this a little bit. So if you're doing something where you can't get a pen and a piece of paper out, just keep in mind that you're going to come back and you're going to do homework. So right now, just kind of mentally go through it. Uh, Step one is to start by putting a fortress around your focus. I want you to start thinking about this right away. Recalibrate and reassess what you want. You might know it all in your head, and that's great. But I want you to take a beat and get out your journal or notebook and take stock of where you are and where you want to be. So for example, what does your idea day look like? Your ideal week? what's considered in your scope and what's out of your scope. So meaning like if you're doing virtual assistant work and you're doing things that you really don't want to be doing, what are those? You don't have to quit them. You just, I want you to be aware of them. So maybe you can move away from them. Are you doing the work that moves the needle for you? The next part of of, um, putting a fortress around your focus is setting your schedule. Set your schedule, creating the stability in income, relationships, and life in general. And it's going to give you an anchor. It lets your loved ones and family know when you're available. Setting your schedule establishes routine and it's going to feed your confidence. Your confidence will get better because you'll be doing the stuff that you said that you were going to do, which makes you feel great. It gives you personal power to determine compatibility with your future clients and also know when it's not a good fit. There's no wrong answer. You don't need to be nine to five, but these are the things that you need to know. How many billable hours do you need to clock in a week financially? Like how much do you need to earn? What's that number and what does that mean? Like depending on um, what your income is if you're selling candles, how many candles do you need to sell for that? If if you're um, doing workshops, how many workshop seats do you need to uh, fill in a month or in a week? When will your brain be sharp? When are you least likely to be interrupted? And test it and recalibrate. It's never going to, it's like, I shouldn't say never going to be one and done, but as you enter different seasons, you're always going to have to readjust. 
and and see if it's not working. Um, you don't try to like you know just really brute force it. Just see what works. Test out a few different, and uh, go with that. This next step is to post it. So this is still putting the fortress around your focus. You want to get this old school calendar out. Write down all these questions so you can circle back, okay? And if you don't have a pen, like I said, you're going to circle back and do this on a physical calendar. Put in the obligations that can't be moved, the time and the day, your uh, personal commitments, insert your work hours, schedule lunch, coffee breaks, exercise, and put your calendar outside your office, like with your office hours, where everybody in your house can see it. Put it on the door to your office if you do have a door or just on the, you know, somewhere where everyone can see them. One of the biggest things to look at is if you're able to manage this calendar you made long term. So for example, be mindful that if you small have small children and you choose like the first four hours and then the last four hours, you're burning the candle at both ends. So you don't want to sacrifice sleep because that's not keeping wellness in, in the work plan. So make sure that you can stick to what you, um, if, if, if everything went 100% as planned, you could stick to it long term. Now, the next part of uh, the setting your um, <laughs> work from home expectations versus reality is I touched on it in the opening of the show. There seems like there's this abundance of time all of a sudden when you don't have to go to a workplace. And one of the biggest mistakes do, uh, I've done and experienced is adjusting expectations of myself and my own time inventory. So by adjusting expectations, sometimes I think that, you know, I have all the time in the world. So I have a, I used to have a tendency to overcommit and then I would end up working way harder um, and, and you know, have way less white space and, you know, go on these first like three or four weeks and get really close to burnout and it's, it's no fun. Um, so you can really avoid this when you know where your time is going and have and how long it takes you to do stuff so that you can avoid overcommitting. So it's going to start with, uh, again, uh, time inventory. What is not measured cannot be improved. So this is what you're going to do and why you're going to do it. It's going to give you personal accountability on the promises you make and protects you from overpromising. So for example, my first time in San Francisco was my husband's birthday. I, it was a few years ago. We decided to go to Applebee's for his birthday dinner, and I'd never been there, so I was super excited. I had like figured out I'm gonna have like the burger and the fries and the cake, and you know, no limits, no calories count on birthdays, not your own nor your spouse's. Just saying. But then, I opened the menu, and to my shock, they had calorie counts for everything on the menu. So it's like if I ordered what I wanted to order, I would blow my calorie budget for like three days. And I just couldn't bring myself to do that. Like when we know, right, we have this tendency to peel ourselves a little bit back, to add a little bit more self-discipline. 
So I, I ended up still having the cake and the burger, but saying no to the fries because the fries weren't very important to me. So when you have a time inventory and you know exactly where your time is going, you're, you're able to say, oh, well, that's not really important to me. Do I really need to be doing that activity? So your fries might be scrolling on social media. It's, it's where I find myself sometimes when I'm looking to procrastinate. There's no judgment here. But if you close your eyes, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. The more aware you are, the more refined your schedule can get. And you'll o- avoid overbooking your workload and underestimating your capacity. You'll become more aware of choices, what's worth it to burn time on mindlessly, and whether you'd rather bank it for a bigger chunk of indulgent time. You see how I did that in a punny little way, you know, indulgence? Yeah, anyways, let's move on. So your action step is to take an inventory of your time for at least one day. Three to four days is better because you're going to be super focused on that first day. Track everything and be honest. Whenever I do this exercise, I totally find correction points. Add everything up. How long does it take you to answer emails, bathroom breaks, lunch breaks, um, chat with your friends, read a book, grocery shop, walk the dog, feed the cat? From the moment you wake until you put your head on the pillow, do your best to track it. It's not judging. It's just awareness. How long it takes you to do workflows for clients is a separate task. And we're going to do that in the next um, exercise here. So this brings awareness full circle for you. So when when you're looking for new clients or you're working with new clients or maybe you have a new project coming up, uh, those are times to time yourself. One of the most common questions you may receive from people or I know I do, is how long will it take you to fill in the blank? And when can you have that done by? So if you do creative work, you're, you're going to get those questions a lot. And one of the biggest causes of time management breakdown is underestimating how much time things actually take. Overestimating is better than underestimating. So what is valuable is knowing your range. Whether you're paid by the hour or project, does it matter? It doesn't matter. You still need to know, at least for yourself. So, for example, um, I work with Kajabi and I, I do architecture on it. So I build courses, landing pages, websites, been working with it for years. And I'm very efficient at building things. But if I'm asked by somebody new um, how long it'll take me to build a landing page, my answer is it depends. Anywhere from 45 minutes to five hours, maybe seven hours. And here's why. A landing page is what's required. However, there are many pieces to the landing page to make it work. And it depends if the client has all the assets ready and copy written, or if they need me to source the assets and co-write the copy. Every client is different, so it's up to you to be the professional that guides the ship of promises and expectations. To do what you need to do, you need to know your windows of time to do that. Right, there are little little things, right? But there's also the big things. So, all you have to do to do this is is kind of it goes along with the time inventory. Um, but 
get out a notebook and start recording some of your project work. It's going to really help you with your estimates too, so that you know if you're undercharging, right? Because a lot of times that's what will happen. Get out a notebook, start recording uh, like a, a line on either side, like put a line through the middle of the paper. And then use one side to estimate like what you think it's going to take you and the other side to record. So don't don't rush on this. Focus on quality over speed and take a fair measurement. So every time you are touching something associated with that project, turn your timer on. So this could be an email. You Use an app, use your phone, just turn the timer on. So this could be an email, a pricing, research, um, doing the physical work itself, anything associated with that specific project get the timer on so that you can use this as your base. Depending what you do and what you do more of, you might find that you get more efficient with your clients over time, but usually with a new client, you're going to it's best practice to go back to your your longest projection base because you have that getting to know each other to do. So this is if you're working client by client basis. Okay. So that was a lot of stuff, a lot of homework for you to do. But I think that it really will set you up for setting your, you know, knowing the expectation versus reality. The reality is it's it's tough um, to stay focused. And um, but if you set your own expectations of yourself and you go through these exercises so that you you know where they are and put the structure in, it's going to be a lot easier and get a lot easier. If you're anything like me, like I love saying yes. I love helping others and I feel guilty saying no. But it feels so much worse when I let myself slide off my desk than when I delicately and professionally remind my client or my loved one of my work hours or the scope we agreed to. Hey, you know, everyone wins. Ask yourself, am I hurting my client? Am I hurting my family by saying yes to something I don't know how to do or don't like doing? Or am I helping them? And this is going to help you, um, you know, it's, we're going to talk about boundaries in the future episode, but this is going to help you set up to create those boundaries, which, you know, just spoiler alert, you can't just cut people out of your life, right? Um, so there's there's a way um, that you can start working more on the things you want to work on and less on the things that you don't want to work on by establishing boundaries, but it starts with this type of self-awareness work. That's a lot, wasn't it? Okay. Now, I should probably note that some of the exercises we went through today are embedded right into the Ideas in Motion Day Planner, which is the Ideas in Motion podcast show sponsor. It's a system within the day planner that works to keep you focused on what matters to you now I won't make you figure out a list of a million goals. Instead, I walk you through a simpler process so that you win your days more frequently. It's available as a digital version on my website, or you can jump right into the paperback copy. 
I'll link include the link in the show notes below. There's also a workshop that oh, I take you through the the planner and we sit together on Zoom, of course, and we have a Q&A hot seat question afterwards. Um it's it's a lot of fun and there's and you know, we plan together. So it's cool. And then you get some feedback and, and, um, you know, you get other people sharing ideas and just the support, you know, you're never alone. Time is really a gift and we can't take it for granted. It's our only resource that is unrenewable. Thank you for spending this time with me. And if you found the show helpful and you liked it, please take a moment and leave me a review on the podcast player that you're listening to. It really helps me know that this is the and and helps me develop the content. If I know that this is the type of stuff that you like, I'll make more about this type of topic. It also allows other people to find the show too. And, um, you know, it helps, it helps a lot in lots of different ways. Until next time, bye for now. Take care.